Welcome to the Possibility Action Network podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Middleton, a.k.a. Possibility Man. We're committed to bringing you guests who strive to better people's lives and serve as a force for good in the world. Today, our guest is Mildred Talabi. Mildred is making waves on LinkedIn as a personal branding coach. She's also an internationally known speaker and business trainer, and she is the founder of Visible Women Tribe, an online community where she helps women start businesses and improve their visibility. She's also the author of several books, including Start Being Visible. Mildred, you've been busy. Welcome to the show today. Thank you so much, Stephen. Yes, I have been very, very busy, <laughs> you know, but um, I love that intro. Thank you. I'm passionate about all things visible. So, yeah, looking forward to having that conversation. That's fantastic. One of the pleasures I have as a podcaster is that I interview guests from all over the world. So which part of the globe are you in today? I am in the UK. I'm in the UK. I'm in an area called Kent, which is just outside London. I grew up um, in London and then moved to Kent, which is a little bit more leafy. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. But um, yes, that's where I am. That's fantastic. Look, I know that you work online today. We're going to dig into that in a moment. But I'm curious, what was your previous career before you started your LinkedIn coaching business? Okay, so my my career previously, I had no idea that such a thing as a LinkedIn coach even existed when I started out. So I actually trained as a journalist and um, I worked in the media for a bit before I um, before I then moved into freelance um, PR, public relations, and then later on communications. But um, I always had a business along the way. So um, I've been entrepreneurial since the time I was, I don't know, my first business was age 11. So it's it's something that's been in my DNA for a long time. So I always kind of straddled the work, working world with having a business. And then eventually that led me to this path where I was, um, first of all, I used to have a business for the long term where I was helping mid to senior level professionals to do their CVs, what you guys would call resume over mm -hmm. in the US. And then that led to also doing a LinkedIn profile. And I discovered that LinkedIn was actually such a powerful platform to build your personal brand. So beginning of 2020, 2020, was it 2020 now? Before, before the pandemic is when I, I changed and I went into LinkedIn coaching. And then a few months after COVID happens and everybody's like, how do we online network? How do we use LinkedIn? And so the timing was perfect. But that's kind of the evolution um, to my journey. And that's how I ended up doing what I do today as a LinkedIn personal brand and coach, primarily for women. But I also work with um guys as well occasionally okay well that's good to know now <laughs> you also mentioned that you had your first business when you were about at age 11 um where would you say this inclination to get into business come from was it just innate or, or what I'd say it was innate, but also hands down, it was through my dad, you mm. know, so 
my my dad has done is one of those it was annoying actually growing up because anything you wanted to do is like oh I've done that before I've done that before it's not gonna work <laughs> you know so um my dad is like very entrepreneurial and he's had multiple businesses to different levels of success and even written multiple books so I think it's in my DNA in that sense and and the business that we started was kind of accidental it was myself and my brothers and sisters and one of five you know so um, it, I don't know if you want me to explain about the business, but the, yeah. the the only reason I want to talk about it is just the context of it's this whole idea of always seeing opportunities around you. And that started from a very young age, whereby at that age of 11, my brothers and sisters, um, we had my dad used to, my dad, still, he still writes. Um, he had he was writing his books by hand. So in those days, when we finally got computers, you know, and 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 first typewriters, then computers, I know this is really showing my age now, you yeah. know, <laughs> but when we finally got computers and my dad made us kind of start transcribing his work on the, on the computers for free, you know, we decided that actually, I think there's a market, you know, for this. I think there are other people who, like my dad, who've been handwriting or, you know, typewriting their work, who would actually appreciate it having it typed on computers. And that was the business that we started, Link's Typing Service, during our summer holidays <laughs> while we were off school. <laughs> that's, that's impressive. How did, you, how did that business go? Did it go pretty well? It went pretty well for the summer until okay. we had to go back to this thing called school, <laughs> you know, which was a bit of a nuisance. But yeah, that it was a short lived business, but taught us a lot. Yeah. So you, you also said that you were in the CV writing business or resume writing business. What prompted you to get into that area of business? Again, it's, I think one trait that I would say in all the businesses that I've had and all the things that I've done, it's, it's kind of, I'm a big believer in using what gifts that you have, okay. you know? So one of the things that almost from the womb <laughs> that I've always been good at is kind of words, pen, paper, right? I was one of those annoying kids that would walk around like with a red pen, correcting people's work, you know? So it was innate from the very beginning. And then how that actually business started at the time I was working in a magazine um, uh, and I was assistant editor of the magazine and part of my job is I had to recruit people mm. so I had lots and lots of people send me their CVs you know their resumes and the majority of them were awful mm. absolutely awful and so I, I kind of recognized that there was a gap this was after two years of seeing awful one awful CVs after the other I recognize that there was a gap in the market for somebody to actually help people to write CVs that got them interviews, uh -huh. you know, and then yeah. jobs. And I thought, hey, I could be that person. I'm good at this. Uh -huh. And that's how it started. <laughs> wow. Always the opportunities. That's what you saw a moment ago. And you saw that opportunity. So, OK, so you decided to get in on LinkedIn. So mm -hmm. what what was that? What Where did that come from? Can you expand upon that for me? Sure. I think I first joined LinkedIn as coming up to about maybe 15 years ago now, maybe probably a bit longer. And like most people, I joined LinkedIn because it's like it wasn't Facebook. It was a professional platform. So it was the place where you could go and be a professional, upload your CV, maybe get headhunted. And, I, you know, at first I didn't know what it was for, but I joined like most people. And then I gradually realized that actually I started I would post things on LinkedIn every now and again. 
you know, and I and it would get some traction. And I found that the audience is very different to the likes of Facebook, uh, etc. So people are more interested in more serious stuff. And so after a few years, it it was something that I I began to like the platform. I began to understand the platform and how it worked, and started slowly building a small community. And then I saw that LinkedIn as a platform had potential. So fast forward all these years of first doing it for myself and slowly building my brand on LinkedIn and then doing it for clients um, in terms of doing their profile, I, I recognize again, um, 2022, the opportunity to actually take this to the next level and help other people not just have a good profile on LinkedIn, but actually build their brand through being visible. And that's where, that's where we are today. That's fantastic. So and then you shifted. Well, let me ask the question. Did you start out focusing on women or did you make a shift to focus on women on LinkedIn? It, it was a shift. It was a, because my previous business was everybody, you know, and, and then here's the thing about business, which you're probably aware of, Stephen, is that you can absolutely serve everybody, but you can't market to everybody. So it was it was purely a marketing decision in terms of, OK, so if I'm going to focus my energy and efforts, who do I want to work with? Who do I enjoy working with the most? Who comes to me more? So and, and my previous business, probably a 60, 40 balance in terms of more women than men. So I thought, OK, let me focus on women, because, again, an, an additional level of the whole visibility challenge is that actually women struggle with this a little bit differently to men. You know, I, I I mean, initially when I started out with the business, I was I said to my husband, you know, I'm helping women to be visible on LinkedIn. He's like, what's the big deal? It's just posting on LinkedIn. <laughs> you know, like, why is that so hard? Why is that so scary? But actually, there's a whole lot more to that. For a lot of women, it's not just about posting on LinkedIn. It's about finding my voice, using my voice and, and building influence impact and income around who i am and my own brand and and that's a big step for a lot of women so mm. that's why i particularly enjoyed working with women in this area oh that's great i'm, I'm going to get back to that in a moment but you you said something that made me um made me notice that women is your niche and my question then is is finding your niche the same as finding your brand or, or branding? Or is there a difference between niche and branding? Ah, interesting question. So there's a difference between niche and branding that niche is, is the people you serve. Mm. Brand is the person you are, wow. or, or rather the person you portray. So that's the difference. One is internal and one is external. So I always believe in go, go with the brand first because it's not... Go with who do you want to, who, who do you want to work with? What makes you happy? What are your values? What kind of people, you know, relate to that? So start with you. And then once you've got you, your brand, then you can go and find your niche instead of doing it the other way around. Uh-huh. I see. And you said that one of the challenges facing women is that sometimes it's difficult for them to find their voice. Did I get that right? Yeah. Now, what yeah. are some other challenges facing women? So finding their voice is one. Yeah, so if we're talking about LinkedIn specifically, so mm. yes, finding your voice. There's a lot of fear, fear around being judged, Ooh. you know, fear of judgment and, you know, what will people say? And because a lot, lot of my clients were uh, businesswomen and some of them are still in corporates, but as businesswomen, at some point in their life, they were working in corporate. 
you know so and when you work in corporate or in in somebody else's organization you can kind of hide behind that mm -hmm. you know it's it's kind of easy to hide behind somebody else's company but when it's you running your own business and you're the face of that company you're the ceo the cfo the coo all the o's all right all, all right. the season all the o's there's nowhere to hide so that for a lot of women is scary mm -hmm. because everything you put out now is you're putting that as yourself. And then there's that fear of, will people like it? Will yeah. they not? Will they think I'm clever? Will they think I'm stupid? Will they think I'm showing off? Will they think I'm bragging? All of those thoughts that a lot of us have run in our head all come to the surface when you're voluntarily making yourself visible on a platform like LinkedIn, which has 840 million users globally. It's a big deal. Mm. And that's where a coach comes in. Yeah. You know, that sounds a little bit like the imposter syndrome, which, which affects a lot of people. Is that about right that women, you know, well, obviously women are people, so they, may, they have it too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Imposter syndrome is one that comes up uh, with yeah. that. Absolutely. So, so how do you help someone work through this? Let's say you have a client who says, you know, I want to do this, but I'm concerned about, let me give you one. I heard, I heard about, I was telling someone about you. And uh, I was told, well, look, you don't want to be too visible. People get tired of you <laughs> on these <laughs> platforms. And I heard that and I said, whoa, you know, but, but, but Mildred said, I read a book. She said, look, you know, post like three times, at least three times a day and it's fine. So how would you respond to someone who says, you're going to suffer from overexposure? Let's start there. Ah, okay. So first, just to clarify, post three times a week, not a day. A day would be Twitter, all right? Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so, so yeah, no, so if you aim to post on LinkedIn about three times a week, but in terms of overexposure, and, and this question does come up, so that's a good question. Now, the, the thing to re realize is this, your target audience, your niche, your people, they will never get sick of you. You know, so if you have a favorite song, do you have a favorite song, Stephen? Do you have a favorite song? Favorite song? Um, yeah. Yes, I do. I'm not going to make you sing it, right? Well, but... I'll sing it for you if you want me to. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Well, if you want, as long as I don't do the singing, that is not my gift, you know. <laughs> but but it's like all of us, we all have a favorite song. And the reason it's your favorite song is because you hear it again and again and again. And you like it. And the more you hear it, often the more you like the song. So the same thing kind of applies to visibility on LinkedIn. When your people who are tuned into your song, the more they hear of you, the more they like you. Because when we're being visible, we're building this thing called for social selling, which is this three part process of know me, like me and trust me. Yeah. That's the process that's happening. So in order for people to know you, like you and trust you, they've got to see you and they've got to see you again and again and again. So it's almost impossible to be overexposed to your target audience. Mm -hmm. You know, so I've posted every single weekday on LinkedIn for close to three years now. And as far as I know, no one's bored of me yet. The ones that are, are bored have unfollowed me a long time ago and I don't know about it. So right. I don't yeah. lose. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I, uh, I I did tell her though, I said, look, you know, um, uh, Mildred said that 
it's okay to, to repel some people because if, if they're repelled by your post, they're not your people anyway. So that's exactly. fine. Don't worry about that. Did I get that right? <laughs> you got that very right. Yeah. And, and it was my own business coach that told me this. You said you yeah. have to be comfortable with repelling people. You know, oh. you have to, in order to attract your people, you've got to repel other people. So yeah, don't worry about putting it out there. It's just yeah. as long as you're being you and you're being authentic and you're being true to yourself, your people will be drawn to you. And that's what matters. Yeah. You know, I think that's that's pretty fair, though, because if someone doesn't want to connect with you, it's good for them to know who you are and determine for themselves that it's not, it's not a good fit. It's good for them. You don't waste your And then it's good for you because it'll waste your time. So neither party can waste their time. So let me ask you, Mildred, what um, would you say prepares you for the role that you that you are playing now. You're not trying to play this, you're playing it. What prepared you for this? What prepared me for this? Good question. Um, I would say, so on a on a I'll I'll take you on a professional front first, then I'll take you on a personal front. On a professional front, as I mentioned, my background is journalism. Um, so I, I trained as a journalist. I understand what it is to sell papers and you know, all of that kind of stuff. And then I also I've also worked in PR, public relations. If there's one lesson I drew from that whole background, is the fact that this is it's not the cleverest person or the most knowledgeable person that gets the opportunities. It's the one that's most visible. So he, yeah, he, here's one thing that people don't realize. And, and a lot of journalists are lazy, not in a bad way, you know, but in the case of like, if we're looking, if they're looking for a source and they want a finance expert or a health expert or whatever, they're going to see who has already been featured and that person that's already being featured is gonna be the first option, unless the journalist really wants to dig through and find some new sources. Because the thing is, the more you're featured, the more you're seen, the more that actually cements your credibility as an expert. Even if your knowledge is no different from the person who's an expert, but who's at home in their house, lock the door and don't post on LinkedIn and no one knows about it. You know, the yeah. one that is visible is seen as more of an expert. Yeah. So. Yeah, so that's 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 one thing that having that understanding of how PR works really helps me in this role to teach people how to be visible and and why it's important for for your business. Yeah, I guess you got to put yourself out there. You just got to put yourself. You know something, Mildred. I noticed I was talking to someone who has written a book, and the book is really about the challenges. And you see this kind of book, the challenges a person faced, you know, in their life. And then I thought, well, there are a lot of people who can write this kind of book. <laughs> so, you know, you, 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 you can have it and say nothing about it, or you can put yourself out there. And that's what you're saying, right? Put yourself out there. Absolutely. Put yourself out there. Put mm -hmm. yourself out there. And, I, and as I said, I, I, the, the, the second part of that on a personal front is the fact that I'm somebody who wasn't naturally comfortable putting myself out there. Oh, you know? I don't believe that. <laughs> yeah, oh, my God. Honestly, when I tell people I'm an introvert, they're like, but you speak, <laughs> but you go live on LinkedIn, but you're, on, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Yes, I do. I love people. I love all of that. But my energy is recharged on my own, <laughs> you know, yeah. afterwards. So, but and uh, growing up, I was not comfortable with putting myself out there, with being visible. It was quite the opposite. You know, I was, I was a shy kid and then I grew out of that, you know, but it took me a long time to actually find my own voice. 
and to get comfortable with my voice and to like my voice because that's another level as well you know to actually like your voice and who you are and all of that kind of stuff so that took me a long time to do that and now that I'm in that place I absolutely love helping people other women especially to get to that place of actually this is your voice this is how you're created it's how God created you you're amazing you are awesome and we need to hear your voice because there's a people waiting to hear from you for what the message that you carry that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. I'm glad I found you, actually. Now, let me, you know, until I found you, I didn't know that there was such a thing as, and I hope I don't have it wrong, a LinkedIn coach. Is that is that a construction of yours or is that a construction that goes around the LinkedIn community? It is. It is. I I used to call myself a LinkedIn visibility coach. That one I made up entirely, you know, Um, but there are a few others who also carry that title. But the whole LinkedIn coach thing is there's there's quite a number of people now who would count themselves as LinkedIn coach, etc. But yeah, it is it is a newer, (laughs) you know, it is a newer job title, but essentially people need help using LinkedIn as a platform, yeah. you know? So, yeah. and, and that's what we do as coaches. Yeah. That's, that's for sure. Um, so um, a LinkedIn coach is someone who, complete that sentence for me. So a LinkedIn coach is very different depending on who you ask and who you work with. But my brand of LinkedIn coach coaching is I specialize on helping women to build their personal brand. So that's the coaching that I do to help you figure out who, what your brand is, who you're called to serve, what your message is, and then to start showing up, uh, you know, with that message on LinkedIn. So that's, that's what I do. That's great. Um, I want to talk about your book for a moment. Um, Start being well, one of your books. And if you care to, you can tell us about your other books as well, including the one that you wrote in your previous business. Um, mm-hmm. But start being visible. And I, I got to tell you, and I, I, want, I want you to know this, that upon starting this book, I think it could have been the second chapter or third chapter, don't mm-hmm. recall which one exactly, I went to LinkedIn and I made some adjustments to my whole profile. I said, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, and I'm glad you clarified because I also thought I had read to post three times a day, but you just told me at least three times a week. But then I heard you say though that you post daily. So maybe you can tell me about a little bit about, about that as well. So your book sure. and posting for you once a week, once a day, or just, just let's start there. Yeah, sure. So, so the book, the book came out. It's two years now. This is um two years since I wrote and published that book. And you're as you said, it's that's book number four. Um, the the first two are around jobs, job hunting, and um CV careers. The third one is a children's book. Um, wow. you know, <laughs> yeah. And then there's this one, start being visible. So this is all about, and I'm so glad you've used it. You've started to use it and applied it because that's exactly what I want from the book. It's not a theory book to learn it in your head. It's a read this, do it, see the results for yourself. You know, and I've and I've tried to make it very easy, very straightforward in that sense but um yes in terms of posting um every day but if you're not posting on linkedin you're not visible that that is it that is it in a nutshell if you want to be visible if you want to build your personal brand you have got to post content and even a step more than that you've got to post original content so we want to hear from you Mm. we don't want to hear from the 50 other books that you've read unless you're 
interpreting those books into why you like them so whatever and whatever you put out we have to hear your voice because that's how you build a brand that's how you build that know me like me trust me factor people need to get to know you so I post every single day and I have done as I said because actually how I started my LinkedIn journey of posting every single day was at that beginning of 2020 that as I mentioned January I, I joined a LinkedIn challenge you know that required us to post every single day for 30 days. Wow. Now, yes, prior to that, I was posting, like most people, when inspiration hit, you know, and inspiration can be very unfaithful. It can hit you today and leave you for weeks, you know? Yeah. So I was posting every now and again on LinkedIn. And then I did that 30 day challenge and it made us, it made me get into that muscle of posting every single day. And I haven't stopped since. Wow. So the reason I don't require um, everybody to do the same. And when I work with my clients, I say to them, I want you to show up on a minimum three times a week, you know? So three times a week is enough to maintain that level of visibility where your audience still gets to know you, still gets to see you and hear from you, but not too few that you're forgotten, you know, out of sight, out of mind. But if you do have enough content for five days and a lot of people do, and, and, Here's a trick on that, actually. The more you post, the more you get content. You know, there's a there's a biblical scripture that I quote out of context <laughs> somehow that talks about to him who has more, more will be given. Yeah. You know, so it's like the more you have, the more you will have. So the more you post, the easier it is to find things to post about. And then it just becomes part of your routine and part of what you do. Mm -hmm. And especially if it's translating into business results for you, if you're someone who's using LinkedIn for business like I am, then it's a no-brainer that you, you show up and you be yeah. visible. Yeah. I want you to tell me more about the book, but just on that point about posting, um, I saw on your LinkedIn profile that you said the caption was, you can call me doctor. And so I got to read this. And then as I read it, I discovered something else. What made you think of that, that type of post? Where did that oh. come from? Yeah. And you oh, can tell us more right. about it because people may, may want to know, well, you know, is, are you a doctor or, yeah, so. <laughs> well, for the record, I am not a doctor. <laughs> but I did I did complete um, like a master's equivalent in commun internal communications, which I actually completed it two years ago, but it was only awarded this year because of COVID, you know, made us lose two years. But the reason, and, and here's the thing about the content ideas, and I get asked a lot, how do I get content ideas? How do I get content ideas? It's value every single idea that pops into your head. Value it and honor it. And the best way to do that is by writing it down. That's literally it. Sometimes I just get a first line, you know, for some, for a post. I don't get the full fit. It's like it comes to me. Oh, you can call me Dr. Talabi. So I just jotted it down and I left it. And then next time I went back to it, because once a week I have a routine where every day or as it comes, I'm constantly jotting down thoughts that could potentially be posed. I use my iNotes um, on, on my iPhone. I use that to jot it down. And then once a week, on the, on the weekend, usually on a Saturday, maybe Sunday sometimes, I will go through them and I'll look at, okay, what do I want to talk about this week? And I'll use my notes to to drill down and, okay, what kind of topics, what themes, etc. And then that's it. That's my plan done for the week. And then I just post it as the day goes. So I, I totally recommend that you write down every single idea 
don't rubbish the idea because a lot of the times we rubbish the idea before it's even had a chance to come it's like oh that's boring oh that's not good oh no one's gonna read that or no just write it down I promise yeah. you if you spend like a week writing down every thought that comes to you as a potential idea that way more ideas will come and then when you sit down at a point and look through it you'll start to see oh I can flesh this out I can talk about this some more so that's how you get the content juices flowing regularly yeah so tell us a little bit about your visible women tribe your online community Yes, Visible Women Tribe, a wonderful, wonderful bunch of women. The, the truth about this tribe is actually it started itself, you know, and, and this is the thing about when you show up and when you take up that mantle and, and you build that stage for yourself on the place like LinkedIn, you just don't know what opportunities yeah. are out there and what is going to happen as a result. Because when I started my journey to be invisible on LinkedIn, I had no intention to build a tribe or anything like that. I was just a case of, I'm going to post and see what will happen. Get some clients through doing this and, you know, maybe what else? I don't know what else, but let me just do it, right? And I committed. Now, along the way, when I, in my early few months of posting on LinkedIn, one of the things I started doing was I started to go live on LinkedIn and do, oh. and I had this show. Um, You can go live, LinkedIn live directly on the platform. And I had this show that I then created called Visible Woman on LinkedIn. So it was an interview show where I would interview amazing women. I, I kept meeting amazing women on LinkedIn doing great stuff. Some of them went on to become clients, some didn't, you know, but I would have this show where I would interview them, you know, and an hour session and we'll do a live interview. People could ask questions and interact in the comments via LinkedIn. And it was just great. I enjoyed it thoroughly. The people, the crowd started to grow. More and more women started gathering around it. Until eventually this, this group of women gathering around that and my content, they started to take it to the next level. They're like, all right, we want to be with each other some more. So let's start meeting on Zoom, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. and they set up a group called Mildred's, um, Mildred's LinkedIn Visibility Women or something like yeah. that. You know, and they started meeting on they asked me for permission. I'm like, all right, go ahead. You know. <laughs> yeah. So they started meeting on Zoom on a regular basis. And then after a few months of them doing this, I was like, there's a demand for this. There's a demand for like a network, a community of women who are just along the same journey. So why don't I formalize what they've created by accident and put some structure into it? And then we can open it up to other women who also want to experience the same thing. And that's ultimately what we did. Yeah. So yeah, Visible Women Travels launched in 2021. We're relaunching it in beginning of the new year. Wow, that's fantastic. You know, I can see why having a coach would be useful because I've made a blunder uh, in posting something on LinkedIn today because I hadn't read deep, re you know, read deeper into your book. I'll tell you what it did. You said find your own voice. You said mm -hmm. you know don't tell don't don't post anything about other people because you know so that's good. I I uh, anyway that was good having mm -hmm. someone like you is useful. But let me also ask you about your online course and is that restricted to women only? Oh, how would you know if a bad time? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a very good question. So I do have an online course called Eight Weeks Divisible. Oh. Now that is available to absolutely everyone because it's DIY. You, you get on it. It's a video module. The name says it all. Over eight weeks, 
you will go through all the foundation and the basics of building your personal brand on LinkedIn. So by the end of that, you'll know what you're doing. You'll be confident. You'll have the flow. You'll get the engagement. Everything will start to go upwards from there if you continue. So I have an online version of that course, which is available to anybody to, to purchase and start straight away. But then twice a year, I take that program and then I do it as a group coaching form. Wow. And that's what that's the part that's women only because it's it's a small group of women, um, about 10 women. We get together and we walk, go through it together and there's coaching and there's things that happen in between. We have weekly calls and it's just it's very transformational. Uh-huh. You know, and 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 it is, and in that safe space of where it's women only, women the women really get to open up and experience like a a caterpillar to butterfly transformation by the end uh-huh. of the eight weeks. So that's yeah. why that one is women only. But the online one, that's available um, for just anybody to to purchase and take part in. That's fantastic. Tell us a little bit about Mildred Talabi, the speaker, the professional mm-hmm. speaker. Hi, Mildred, the speaker. And that is still an irony in itself. As I said, the little Mildred who would like, you know, oh, my God, I was so shy in school that if the teacher even thought to ask me a question, I would like go red and I'm black. So that's pretty hard to do, (laughs) you know. So that's how much I did not want to be seen. So that's been a huge, huge journey. And and I actually owe my first speaking engagement to a mentor. Mentors are important, you know, coaches, mentors are so important. I had a lady that I really looked up to um in journalism when I was about um probably about 19. You know, um, she she was a, a black woman, she was a journalist at the time, and there weren't many, you know, at the time. And she used to teach a summer holiday program that I had. And I just kind of looked up to her and I said, like, this is what I want to be like when I grow up. Her name was Adeline, in case she's listening. Hi, Adeline, <laughs> you know. Um, but I, I remember she gave me my first speaking engagement because she invited me to come along and speak to her new group of students the following year after I'd graduated from their program and and paid me 50 pounds for it, you know, <laughs> which is which is big money for a teenager back then, you know. But it was that whole having someone believing you and then giving me that opportunity and I did it and I was terrified doing it but I also loved it at the same time and I realized that like speaking is an avenue to get your message out to people on scale it's an avenue to inspire lives to touch people all of that so I do a lot of speaking now I've done loads lots and lots of speaking since that time lots of paid ones as well you know so and and I've traveled a bit with the speaking so what I speak about now is I do I talk about building your personal brand on LinkedIn you know and it's not the whole people think LinkedIn is all about oh what do I post when do I post how do I post you know how do I beat the algorithm I don't that's not that's not the exciting stuff Mm. you know I really help people to connect with the fact that you have a brand you know and let's build your brand and we're just using LinkedIn as a platform to do that I will teach you the how but first we start with the why why is this important and why is it connected to who you are what you do and that's what I speak about a lot these days that's fantastic well I tell I love hearing you I can hear the energy it's it's like you found your niche there's no doubt about it this is this is right for you you know your book uh, your book I want to go back to to start being visible I like your book you know I didn't know I paused before buying it <laughs> and uh, I said, I'm like, you know, I'm going to talk to her. I'm going to buy her books. I bought, and I, I was, it was, it's a clean, easy to read book. And I said, whoa, this, this thing is special. So um, 
So I mean, when, you know, both the speaking and the writing, when did you know, and I'm not trying to put you on the spot and I'm not trying to flatter you, but when did you know that you possessed these gifts? The gift of communication in written form and oral communication. I'm saying that they're your gifts. What oh, wow. <laughs> that is a huge compliment. So thank you. Thank you very much. I, I really appreciate that. I think I would I would have to take this back to kind of finding my voice, you know, and, and for me, I'm going to put it out there. I'm a person of faith. You know, I, I love Jesus Christ. That That's like, and a huge part of that, finding who I am and finding my voice is from that whole episode, my whole relationship with God and really kind of tapping into like, who is Mildred? <laughs> you know, what is my purpose? What is my passion? And and being free to be myself. So what you see right here, Stephen, is me. There's no, there's no anything put on. This is just me. This is how I am. I used to get told, I used to be part of Toastmasters and they would tell me uh, occasionally, you speak too fast, slow it down, you know? And uh, for a while I tried to slow it down and I was like, forget it, I speak fast. Yeah. And that's Mildred. Yeah. So it's like, I've got, it's getting to a place where I know myself, I love myself. And because I'm free with who I am, I can be free to give that back to people. So when I communicate, and one of the things that made the biggest difference in my speaking is shifting it from thinking about myself, standing on stage, oh, am I good? Am I not? Am I this? Am I what are they thinking of me, me, me? To actually, I'm here to serve the audience. Yeah. You know, I'm here to make sure that they learn, that they're inspired, that, you know, maybe entertained too, but I'm here for the audience. And once you've got the audience in mind, it shifts things a lot because, and I can only do that because I'm now at a place where I'm comfortable with who I am. Yeah. You know, so that's, that's, that's how I show up in life. That's fantastic. I must tell you, I think your cadence is fine. I think you're, <laughs> I love your cadence. So I get it. I, I really do. Um, you mentioned being a person of faith. So this reminds me of this question. Um, what are some challenges? I mean, what, you know, you're in business, uh, you're listening to you, watching your posts on LinkedIn, it's like, whoa, she's just flying high. But what about challenges? Um, not specifically, but if you get me, um, have you faced any challenges? How do you deal with adversity? What have you learned from adversity? What can you share with us about that, those things? Oh God, the challenges, where do you wanna start? <laughs> you know, I think probably, the biggest one I'll probably share with you is that you you were looking and talking to a brain tumor survivor, oh. you know. So um, three years ago, last month, I I went through, uh, I, I had brain tumor. I had a brain tumor, you know, I literally ended up in hospital, spent a whole month in hospital, took me um, a few months after that to relearn how to walk, you know, without passing that and blacking out, you know took me much longer after that to be able to do things like running again. I couldn't drive for about a year afterwards. I had a young family at the time my husband had to cover. So to that whole period of like going through something like that, you know, literally life or death. I was in intensive care for three, three days, you know, after my surgery, it was a six hour surgery, removed the tumor from my head, you know? So going through something like that, it's kind of, you come out of that and you, you look at life differently. You know, people ask me if that was like, that changed anything about the way I did life. And the reason it did and it didn't, you know, it didn't because of the fact that um, myself and my husband, um, from the very beginning, one of the things that we really believe in is this whole idea of like living life today. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Like, don't wait, don't put off living till tomorrow. Like, live life today. I've never been in a job that I don't like for a long period in my entire career. I've never. Um, I believe that life is too short to spend time doing things that you don't love, doing things that are not called a part of your purpose or, you know, of things that you enjoy, like putting yourself in prison. So, but in that hospital bed, while I was recovering from the brain tumor, it was, I really saw a case of what kind of life do I want to live? What impact do I want to have? How do I want to spend my time? You know, I've got two young kids, they're, they're six and seven now, you know, it's like, what how do I want to live? And that helped me to really put things in perspective, you know? So I don't think anybody needs a challenge like that to put life in perspective, but I really believe in the fact that you should live life today. Live the life that you want today. Don't put it up for tomorrow because not in in a million years did I think that I'd wake up one day and end up in hospital with a brain tumor. It's not the kind of thing you think would happen, but it did happen. And life stopped for a bit and then it restarted again. So please don't put your life on hold, whatever it is you're waiting for, because you don't know what tomorrow's um, tomorrow has for you. But yeah, I've been through a fair share of adversity, you know, apart from that as well. But we'll keep to that one for now. <laughs> OK, well, look, thank you for sharing that, for being so transparent. Yeah. Uh, wonderful conversation with you. I think this is a perfect place to stop. And I just want to thank you for being with me today. Thank you. Thank you so much for this conversation. It's I, I, I loved it. Thank you for the questions. You know, it's always nice to hear things, different questions and make me think. So thank you, Stephen. I appreciate you. Fantastic. Well, you have been listening to the Possibility Action Network podcast. Our guest today has been Mildred Talabi, a LinkedIn coach. I'm your host, Stephen Middleton. Until next time, good day 